0: Welcome to Creepy Club. Hello. Hello. This is a storytelling podcast where we talk about all things creepy, spooky, ooky. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And I'm Heidi. I'm Rissa. This is a not safe for work podcast. We have a real love for potty words. <laughs> That's your first and last warning <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> Uh, we have a content warning on this episode. This is meeting number 10. And we're going to discuss undisclosed experiments. Mm-hmm. Meaning the government was like... And private companies. Yeah, I was going to say, not just the government, private companies too. They were like, hey, y'all, we're going to try some stuff out. We don't any." Need- need to tell the people that like we're trying stuff out on that no that's definitely need to know information mm-hmm. so that's kind of the meat of the topic today and we hope you will enjoy it And thanks for listening it's friday night again so it- jingle jingle not safe jingle for work. jingle jangle,
1: not safe for work um this is meeting number 10
0: Woohoo Oh my god, is it really? It's a milestone. I feel like there should be celebratory balloons or something. Well, sorry. <laughs> maybe maybe Penny will bring them later. Yeah, she will. Ooh, I might have put she more gin boys. in here than I meant to. Oops. Oopsie. That's okay. It'll be a really fun time. I'm gonna be super relaxed. You know, we talked about sidebar. We talked about the Elvis painting once before. Right. But I don't believe that we've discussed Sir John Wayne up here.
1: I know. I think, uh, yeah, so he might deserve deserve some discussion. I'm the one that's got speech and language problems. What the heck's going on with you? Uh, I've had three vodka sodas. (laughs)
0: That's (laughs) that's
1: what's going on with
0: me. Okay, well, it's all making sense now. So it's kind of um, much like the Elvis painting. It's got that sort of Olin Mills portrait thing going on.
1: Yeah, so, um, I'll, I'll take a picture of it and put it on our Instagram, but it, it is a, it's, so it's an ethereal portrait of John Wayne sort of above a landscape, um, featuring a covered wagon with, uh, horses pulling the wagon, a team of horses pulling the wagon, and he's just sort of floating up in the sky. It's very ominous.
0: Yeah, Uh we... Like he's judging the shit out of those pioneers. Yeah, so about,
1: maybe like, seven years ago, uh we went to a Halloween party in Sedalia, and uh we, I, I can't remember what we, it was probably, I think it was Brandon won for maybe like, maybe like second place best costume. I know it wasn't first place, because I was like, he should have won first place because it was a really good costume. I'll put I'll put a picture of the costume up too.
0: He, um, but I have that a hard our... time not believing that you had awesome Halloween costumes.
1: He had a particularly awesome Halloween costume because I sacrificed my own to work on his. So. You know, I think this award was meant for both of us since I put so much work in on his costume.
0: But yeah, it was a prize for a costume contest. The first time I ever came over to your house was for your Halloween party. Yeah, that's true. And Brandon was wearing some sort of badass costume that involved a giant furry cape.
1: Oh, yeah. He was um, uh, Jon
0: Snow from Game of Thrones. It was pretty impressive. Do you watch Game of Thrones? I don't know anything about that. Who? All right. I know. I have popular cultures lost on me. (laughs) I'm too busy studying serial killers and creepy shit. Yeah, well, he was... It's hard to keep up.
1: He was Jon Snow. I believe I was uh,
0: Lumpy Space Princess from Adventure Time. That is absolutely correct. I do remember that, and that was the day that I learned... The gin and tonic is not just for old people. Yeah.
1: And we were just talking about that earlier when I poured you a gin and tonic, and you were like, the
0: the reason why I like gin and tonics is me. Yeah. Because, party. Them, their juniper berries are friggin' delicious.
1: Delicious.
0: And so. Pickney Bend Distillery, shout out to them. Do you think we're going to get free gin if we say their name enough? Yeah, of course. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, just come home and there's a big case of Pickney Bend, like yes. a lifetime supply. Yes. So Pickney Bend is a distillery here in St. Louis, well outside of St. Louis, and I took a friend of mine there and introduced her to gin in their tasting room, and now she's a gin near <laughs> what <laughs> a. Gin... Gen- Genographer. No, gin... Gin...
1: Genith- gen enthusiast?
0: Yes. She's also a gin enthusiast <laughs> as a result. So, but- I didn't know that Pickney Ben mm.
1: was outside of St. Louis.
0: Oh, girl, yes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll have to look, look into this. Oh, yeah. Field trip. Nice. hmm Pretty so- close to uh, New Haven, Missouri. It's delicious. All right. Cool. hmm So, um... I'm we, not going to talk about serial killers or rapists today. Can you believe that shit? I can't. But
1: we also, we, we do have a content warning on this. There's a little bit of um, sexual assault going on in this story. like Just
0: a little. I mean, it's very light. I basically, it's going to be about that much that I'm going to say about it.
1: I don't think it's going to, yeah, I don't think it's going to be super triggering. But if you're like super sensitive, I
0: I think I might skip this episode or just like, I don't know. I don't know if you're paranoid in general, this is probably not the episode for you. So, essentially, I'll just give them a quick little nugget. Sure. Um, I'm going to talk briefly about several different stories where the government has done some devious shit using regular old citizens for various experiments. And then one company that used prisoners for its experiments. Oof mm-hmm, can't wait and very unapologetic <laughs> about it so um
1: also i'm i'm a I'm a couple episodes behind on editing, so our corrections conclusions and clarifications segment is gonna be pretty light um I just edited the south south side rapist episode, which was two episodes ago and um, we didn't really have a whole lot that we needed clarifying on. I think we're getting better in that regard. Yeah, maybe. That's that's Let's exciting. Go that. Let's go with that. <laughs> um, there was one thing that I was um, surmising about that, um, you know, I, I actually couldn't find anything. So, so I mentioned that St. Louis um, was in the, like, World Series playoffs and... They lost or they won or something. And then there well, were riots in our city, which led wow. the media to be like, oh, St. Louis is like super dangerous. Well, I, I couldn't actually find what I was talking about. Oh. <laughs> um, except that in 2004, we were in the World Series playoffs with Boston and... Um, the games happened in Boston and the and Boston like schooled us. They like shut us out. And Boston rioted, but we I I couldn't
0: find anything Maybe it about just got us. Messed up. I'm pretty sure that it was I Here's here's One what World I was thinking. Series a few times, and I don't know. Yeah, I know nothing about sports ball, but I know that the Year of the Song celebration was super popular. I was in elementary school, and it was all about Ozzy Smith. Oh yeah 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 yeah. So the, so I mean, maybe it was older. Maybe it was back then. What I, no? What I was thinking
1: of definitely happened after 2004. I mean, it, it was. I think it was when I was living here after college so that so that would have been after 2008
0: i'm not that much older than you
1: and um what i remember is there was a world series playoffs that was happening here and either we lost or we won and then you know our fans rioted in the streets like around the stadium after the game and i you know i didn't do like intensive googling but i did some you know light googling and i couldn't really find anything about it so if you if you guys know what i'm talking about let me know or if i'm like totally talking out of my ass let me know because i I swear to god there was like some weird writing that happened and then after that the media was like oh st louis is the most dangerous city in the country
0: well that's been said about us numerous times yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole thing is It's, and we don't even have time to get into all of it, but basically, the parts of St. Louis that are, there are some parts of St. Louis that are legitimately dangerous, just like any large city, but they're very small when you look at the city as a whole. Um, Like, you could drive through them in under 10 minutes. Yeah. Like they're pretty tiny and they used to lump East St. Louis in with us, which totally messed up our statistics. And Mm -hmm. so I don't know. I always get really annoyed with the whole like Mm St. Louis is so dangerous. And I'm like, you know, maybe I'm my perception is somewhat distorted because I've lived here my whole life. And like, I don't know. I don't know any better. Right. But I used to live, I used to spend my summers in Florida yeah. And I didn't feel any less safe when I lived in Fort Lauderdale than I do here. And in some ways, maybe less safe there. And I have been out and about all over this town, my whole life. And there's very few places that I'm like, Ooh, that's a little sketchy. I wouldn't, Yeah, I, I'm not really comfortable there. And most of the time, it's really more about property. Like, eh, I'm going to put the club on my car here.
1: Yeah. I think oh. that, um, I think that, living here i you know i think that our um our viewpoints of the city are valid because we've lived here for a long time
0: yeah i've been here like 45 years i feel like i know a little something about what i'm talking about exactly and i think that um it's not all anecdotal evidence and i've lived in numerous different parts i've lived in south city the longest by far right but I have always had friends all over different parts of the city, some considered bad neighborhoods, some considered nicer neighborhoods. And with the exception of like one friend who (laughs) would tell me when I would drop them off, like those stop signs, they're not for you. Mm -hmm. Like do not stop the stop signs. That's, Mm -hmm. that was back in the day when like boys in the hood was popular and everybody (laughs) was doing the like carjackings and drive by shootings. Like that was almost like a thing for a while. Right. But that, like, in my whole life, that's one individual has said something yeah, like I, that to me. And I've had friends who lived in all different parts of the city.
1: Yeah, I think that um living here is definitely, uh, you know, different than you know living here and having our perception of this city is definitely different from what the media portrays St. Louis to be. Oh god. And yeah. I, and I think that um anyone that's listening to our podcast that is outside of St. Louis that is afraid of St. Louis, I think that, you know, you can let that go. You can let that go. And I and you know there are definitely some pockets of St. Louis that I would not go to, but I think that that is the same for all cities. I would say that about Fucking, Chicago, New York. Honestly, I would say that about St. Peter's. You know, like, I, there's parts of St. Peter's that are kind of rough. Not that not that they're like, nearly as rough as, like, the rough parts of St. Louis. But I think that they're, you know, every little small community has a rough part of their
0: There city. are rural communities that have literal wrong sides of the tracks. Yeah, yeah exactly. That and, happens yeah. absolutely everywhere. And I don't think... That St. Louis is unique. Just like anywhere else, you're not going to stumble into a bad neighborhood and be surprised. Right. You're going to be like, wow, it looks kind of shitty around here. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I should not, like, carry a purse, or maybe I should make sure I lock on my doors. Like, I don't know. Common sense prevails. You have eyeballs. Use them. Yeah. And, like, you're not going to there, – there's an,
1: almost no reason why you would venture into any of those neighborhoods –
0: I always tell people if you're not purchasing illegal drugs or sex, your chances of being a victim of crime go way down. Right. And that I think is true for any city. If you're not trying to, there are parts on both the North and the South side of St. Louis, which were very racially divided. It's like the flip-flop of Chicago. Like here, the South side is primarily white folks. North is primarily black. And there's rough parts in both. And they're probably equal in size. Yeah. And in both of those places, the tougher parts of the neighborhood are where you go to buy sex and drugs. Yep. So don't go do that. And you can probably avoid a whole bunch of problems. (laughs) I mean, I don't know if you you're in out in the country. I mean, now, Missouri is legit like a meth capital. That's that's not untrue. Right. But that's like way out in the sticks. And I guess it. I, I was thinking about that. I was talking to a friend when we were, we were out in the country. I guess it was about a week ago. I took a day off and we did a little day trip. And I'm like, how do they get away with that? And I guess it's because you have like volunteer sheriffs. Oh, you yeah. You know, there's yeah, basically yeah. just no, no police presence. Yeah. And so unless you stink like a meth lab enough to get the attention of your neighbor that's two miles away, you're just not on anybody's radar. Yeah. Because totally. there uh, there's far more of Missouri that's very rural than there is that's yeah. populated. Yeah. The distance between St. Louis and Kansas City is significant. It's a mm-hmm. four-hour drive. Mm-hmm. And there really isn't any big city between. Mm-hmm. They're college towns. That's right. as big as you get. Yeah, And we're on opposite sides of the state. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole bunch of empty stuff well, between and and small b- towns. And there's a whole bunch
1: of north and south Missouri that are not even... You know, on that 70, Highway 70 line between St. Louis and Kansas City that are, you know.
0: We are an amazing place to go camping, hiking, boating, all that stuff, because there is, I mean, it's a big giant forest. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of caves. We have, we're a cave state Mm -hmm. and we are the river state. And recently, did you hear that there was a bear in Jeff County, which is like not far at all from the city? Yeah, there was a bear sighting. I want to say it was like... As close as maybe Kimswick or Arnold? Ooh, that's yeah. really close. It was really close, like maybe thirty minutes from the city. Yeah. If that far. I don't know, good for the bear. Like don't try to feed it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have a bear on our flag, and yeah. because of hunting, we are not we don't have the bear population that we yeah, once you're did. Right. Good for the bear. So good for the bear. Mm-hmm. We invaded, we moved into his house. Yeah her house, either. Their house. Right. We moved into their house, and so I feel like they have the right to reclaim some space. Yeah. We don't need to go everywhere. Right. They can have some of the same thing with the mountain lion in Chesterfield a few years ago. Right. I was like, good for him. I mean, I hope nobody gets hurt, but, you know, he has a right to exist. Yep. When my mom lived with me, she used to get real pissed at the rabbits because they'd eat stuff in the garden. I was like, I don't know. They gotta eat, too. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Nature happens, even yeah. in the city. You used yep. to have that big, fat opossum. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, that thing. That thing. I don't know where he lived. Um, It was a she. Or she. It was a big old fat and pregnant. And there was one time, I don't know if you were home or not, but Mackie picked it up. My dog, R.A.P. Mackie, who is now deceased. Mackie saw it, and he did not have a killer bone in his body, but he did have a retriever. I'm going to show you what I got, Mom. Mm -hmm. kind of thing and so he tried to bring me the possum and i was like no Mackie, drop it (laughs) leave it and so he dropped the possum on your front steps and i played dead and i was like but is it dead dead or is it just kind of (laughs) dead and i didn't know you very well very well at the time and i was like i guess i'll just wait a little bit and come back and see if it's still there like i don't know (laughs) like i feel like i should give her a heads up if there's this big ass possum on her stairs (laughs) i don't know like maybe loaner a shovel yeah i'm not really sure what's the neighbor etiquette for sorry my dog killed a (laughs) possum and left it on your stairs my bad yeah but that thing used to the back when i had chickens it would come chill out in the yard and stuff because they don't they have a bad rap they're actually very chill animals they don't they didn't want to bother my chickens Hmm. yeah they like they're kind of ugly when they're big but they're kind of cute when they're little yeah yeah they're all right i'm fine with that uh, the whole hanging from th- trees thing kind of gives me the creeps but i've never seen it i, I just know the one you had lived in your bushes okay it definitely lived in those bushes huh that's mm. crazy cuz i never saw it oh i did good yeah good yeah and it was not dead it was <laughs> gone when i came back good I, that's or we would have um become friends sooner probably <laughs> 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 the possum uh, that brought us together i think it was the fallen tree that brought us together yep
1: yep, yeah holly had a tree that fell in her backyard after a big storm and i neighborly came out and helped
0: chop it up that's right it was like a literal um what is that would the doves carry the the branch piece Piece. uh, olive branch olive branch it was like an olive branch but a tree yeah what kind of tree was it I don't know. It like died on one side. And I was like, huh, I don't really, I'm not an arborist. I don't know what the hell to do about that. I guess we'll just hope for the best. Well, and And then it
1: fell over. And that tree was the start of a beautiful friendship and an even
0: better podcast. Right, exactly. Which I guess we should get around to that, huh? Sure. Let's do it. Sure. So what are you talking about today? Well, I don't know. I guess let's talk about Let's talk about evil corporations first, because it's at yes. the top of my my monster pile I of notes. I love
1: talking about evil
0: corporations. <laughs> well, and you also love to make fun of my monster piles of notes.
1: Yeah, so you have let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven piles of uh paper.
0: You just keep <laughs> you keep your eyeballs over on your side of the street, lady. Yeah, I've given you more
1: than half of the table
0: for I you know what? I've had enough of your sass. <laughs> In 1951, the father of Retin-A came to Holmesburg Prison. A pharmacist had asked him to come because there was a huge outbreak of athlete's foot. What's Retin-A? Retin-A is acne medication. Okay. It's the stuff that dries up your zits, right? Gotcha. And I think it probably has other purposes, but maybe anti-aging, something. I don't know. Something sure. like that. Sure. Anyway, he was from the University of Pennsylvania and a dermatologist- And, um, he said, when I, when he came into the prison, all I saw before me were acres of skin. He says this to a newspaper reporter. It was like a farmer seeing a field for the first time. So Mm. super creepy, Mm -hmm. which reminds me of when we read the Sasha Baron Cohen cousin uncle book, whatever (laughs) science of evil, where they talk about surgeons having low empathy. Yeah. Right. So dermatologist, definitely a surgeon. Mm -hmm. So he like in his mind, he's thinking he's hit total pay dirt. All he can see is the potential for human subjects for the different kinds of experiments that he wants to run. So 20 years later, this guy, Alan Hornbloom, comes along to the Philadelphia Detention Center to teach an adult literacy course. Mm -hmm. He was doing, he was fresh out of a master's program in 23. And when he first arrived there, he saw all these prisoners who had different kinds of bandages and gauze and surgical tape. And he thought like, maybe there had been a riot or something. And it turns out that They were not the victims of a riot. They were taking part in, this is in quotes, perfume experiments conducted by doctors from the University of Pennsylvania under the direction of Kilgman, that dermatologist. Uh, uh So he was using the prisoners for like more than 20 years, using them for experiments for different kinds of uh, treatments. They called it perfume, but it really wasn't. It wasn't perfume. I don't think perfume had shit to do with it. It wasn't like the cosmetology industry. It says, this article says, under Kilgman, I don't know why that's hard to say, his tutelage, tests involving toothpaste, deodorant, shampoo, skin creams, none of these sound like perfume, liquid diets, eye drops, foot powders, and hair dye, all things that would seem rather benign so if somebody's like hey would you want to participate in this study yeah we want to test this product you're thinking i don't know i mean i guess does it yeah, sounds I mean, okay i'm not doing anything else they're not
1: perfume
0: but they could have like
1: fragrance in these products but i don't know if that it qualifies as like a perfume experiment mm, test no or whatever
0: and there's like i don't know when and this will have to be for our conclusions when the standards for human testings came in mm-hmm. human testing came into place because now if you're going to do research involving humans there is a whole protocol that you have to follow yeah yeah, yeah. and it's no joke like if you s- mess with that at all you're going to lose your license you like whatever work you've done is going to be undone yeah um so he, he frequently did biopsies and other painful procedures. Mm. Um, there were also other tests that involved mind altering drugs, radioactive isotopes, and dioxin.
1: What are What are those last two things?
0: So, radio. <laughs> I know
1: what mind altering drugs uh. are.
0: <laughs> dioxin definitely a chemical. I don't know exactly what it is. Radioactive isotopes are. You get those when you're going to have like I think a cat scan. Okay. Okay, so they're not things that you should probably be putting in your body willy-nilly. No. Mm -hmm. Kilkman, so the guy that came in later, Hornblum, he eventually wrote a book, like a whistleblower sort of book, called Acres of Skin Human Experiments at Holmesburg Prison, a true story of abuse and exploitation in the name of medical science. Oh my god! Because it wasn't just Kilkman, he also had other doctors working alongside him who were knowingly exploiting these prisoners and using them as subjects.
1: Yeah, man, all doctors are
0: sociopaths. (laughs) I don't think it's so... Sorry, I shouldn't
1: say all doctors are sociopaths,
0: but... I think that there are some doctors who are really fantastic and want to be healers and believe in helping people. Yeah. But I also think like any other profession, there is a contingent of people who do not have the appropriate empathy for the job yeah and who are maybe too focused on research and not focused enough on the part where humans are involved
1: right i think there's like a path that you start on as a young child um without you know you're say you're a kid without you know a lot of empathy maybe you have a little bit but not a lot and you go down this path and if you're like you know if you come from a bad childhood like you're abused or you're just you know impoverished or you've been you know god forbid you're or like what if sexually you just abused have like or something suck or you it just, up
0: kind of parents yeah
1: like you have like really negligent parents or something then you go on the path you you kind of diverge from the path and you go on the path of serial killer rapist murderer sort of situation but then Except that
0: doesn't happen to everybody that has that kind of
1: background true that's true i mean that not you it's can't, a very small percentage right. of people anything I mean, you say you know can be it, it's uh, I, I don't want to generalize everyone in the whole world but i'm just saying like
0: it's not gonna help when you look at yeah. the serial killer bingo yeah one square is always abusive parents neglect yeah. There's always something yeah. kind of hairy. And I'm not sure what it is exactly that, because there's certainly plenty of people who have those kind of backgrounds that turn out to be pretty fine. normal. Yeah. They turn out fine and obviously probably more than not. Because right. we would have, there's a whole lot of shitty parents out there.
1: Well, and
0: honestly, right?
1: maybe more. You know, maybe less than we know. I mean, maybe there are more maybe
0: serial killers. Sneakier. There are
1: definitely more serial killer
0: serial killers than we know. Well, watching that one documentary about all the serial highway serial killers yeah, who pick up the um, sex workers that'll really make you want to never go to a truck stop ever again killing fields killing, something uh, like there, that there's two called there's one called
1: the killing season one called the killing fields and i can't ever remember which is which but one of them is a documentary about true crime about um basically it it starts out as the Long Island serial killer, and then it kind of evolves into um, oh, there's all these ser- serial killer uh, truck drivers all across the country that help each other and uh, murder sex workers that um, hang out at the local, you know, truck stops and stuff like that. And it's it's such yeah, a, and a, totally it's a
0: cheery watch if you. Oh see. yeah, and it's a series, oh, so it's man. pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. But it, it was well the it was a real documentary and you were truly following them going through the process of sort of unraveling this mystery because they thought originally they were looking for one person. And then they were like, "Holy shit. Yeah. This leads to a whole like can of worms. Like Like, there's like, Oh yeah. Fuck. And then they talked to that one guy who was in prison. It's like, Oh yeah. I had like four or five other people who were, I don't know, let's call them a gang who were in my, my serial killer gang and we totally
1: gave each other the heads up yeah we had like nicknames we had like codes you know like oh my god they would totally
0: aid each other for their kills yeah and their torture it was so sick and fucked up and the part that was really depressing was that the women who were the sex workers are of the most vulnerable probably who do that type of work yeah, and which is was,
1: why they were targets of these And men. they
0: knew it. hmm They knew it. They knew they, it. they knew that they were potential targets for serial killers. And then everyone they talked to who did the work said, yeah, I have friends who are missing. Yeah. Like, and that was just a regular old day. That's a, yeah, that's a hazard of the job. Ugh. Ugh. But so, well. And, and shout having, out. I
1: hold on before we move on shout out to my brother f- who edited part of that series i'm sure he wants his name tied to hold that whole thing but um i just well, want to I mention that before we move on
0: in a positive way yeah god that must have been like gut-wrenching to edit mm-hmm.
1: well he and when he first started out um editing media he was a editor for a local like hunting video production Ooh. company, and so I don't know which is worse. <laughs> I think both. That's fair, um, I don't but think yeah, I would like but that. I think I was. So I was talking about so this path that you know young people can head on. One would diverge to serial killer, and then I, I think the other path is if you're, you know, sort of lacking empathy, but you have a really good childhood, and you're and you're re- relatively smart, um, and you ha- you get good grades, and you have, you know, privilege basically. Then maybe that path diverges into surgeon or
0: dermatologist or whatever sort of doctor could be. yeah yeah you can channel it in a way that's somehow useful and yeah. benefits society right and still but I you guess, still kind have scratch a scratch that itch but you still have a lack of empathy which could lead
1: to wanting to commit experiments on humans
0: that are maybe not willing well i think it was the, in that book that we read, I think it they said it was like um not that they had no empathy at all, that the not that they were psychopaths, but they right. had reduced capacity for empathy. Yes. I don't wanna I
1: for anyone who's listening who may be a doctor <laughs> Or maybe a surgeon, surgeon, or whatever. Like I'm not saying that you all are psychopaths. I'm just saying that maybe there's a lack of empathy that goes on. They along with do it.
0: often have a reputation among other medical for- professionals for having shit bedside manner.
1: Right i I had a really
0: uh, a really great oral surgeon who had terrible bedside manner. Yeah, a lot of times they'll have to have someone who sort of runs interference to be like, no, no, what they actually meant was, yeah. So when I was in, uh, when I was a
1: senior in high school, I got an infection in my um, face. I think it was due to, I, I think the the um, diagnosis was it was due to abscess teeth that I let go for too long, and that just sounds. Well, and I, and I was young, and I didn't really know what that meant. You know, I, I it was just like a sensitivity in my teeth that I thought maybe was due to... Because I had just gotten fillings in my teeth for the first time. So I didn't know what those felt like. So I just thought that, you know, the sensitivity maybe went along with that. So I think that my teeth were abscess, and I didn't know it, and it just got worse and worse and worse. And so eventually it became an infection. And so, you know, long story short, I eventually had to go to the hospital um, and they gave me a CAT scan and found the infection in my face. And so we're like waiting for the results in my hospital room and the oral surgeon comes in. He's like, well, you have an infection in your face and it's traveling towards your brain so you could die. So, um, I feel like that is literally what he
0: said to me, like, word for word. It probably literally is what he said to you.
1: Yeah, and so he's like, okay, so we'll, um, you know, tomorrow we'll, you know, tomorrow morning, first thing, we'll extract your teeth and whatever, blah, 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 yada, yada. You know, I don't want to go into the whole thing, but now I have great, you know, fake teeth and we're good but yeah he had he you had do? not great. very nice teeth. Thank you sure. He had not great bedside manner was
0: my point. When my daughter had her wisdom teeth removed, she was super high on the drugs like I mean she really oh, yeah. she really really took to him. She thought her barf bag was like a magician's hat <laughs> and she kept trying to pull a rabbit out of it and no! she thought oh yeah, she thought she was the little mermaid and she thought, her oral surgeon was Prince Eric, and she kept trying to hug him. Oh my god! And he god. was like, "Maybe later." Uh, you could. Just, he was so horrified. What? Did you? She get, was so. Did you get high. it on video? Oh hell yeah, I have video. <laughs> hell yes, I have video, and I'm keeping that for forever. Holy shit! That was like the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life, and I was like, I, "Am I a bad mom that I think this is hilarious?" But I was like, "Well, maybe so, because it is." it was no, totally I, hilarious how how would you be a mad mom if you thought that was hilarious she really really thought she was like trying to swim in the chair she was, <laughs> she, it was thought she was ariel
1: i relate man i
0: want to be ariel real bad she was utterly convinced and of course she had like a mouthful of cotton and stuff so yeah. it was really something <laughs> but the surgeon was very typical surgeon and so she's like prince eric can i give you a hug and he's like uh like maybe later i don't know he just kept trying to avoid her <laughs> anyway so so anyway back this to our- guy's a monster is basically it he was like i don't know i see some some poor people who are there was 1200 inmates in this jail and he's like mm, i see a skin I see a skin to fiddle with Yeah, fuck him. So, he is, he was last interviewed at age 82. He was still living in Philadelphia. Very wealthy, very famous in dermatology. Hmm. So, like, his life's work is built on the exploitation of others. Charming. Mm-hmm. And he's probably, and he's the inventor of Retin-A, so no wonder he's, like, super duper rich. Okay. Oh, yeah, it says acne and wrinkle cream. Yeah. Hailed as youth in a tube. <laughs> so, whatever. Anyway. Um, and he says where, I gotta find this quote, because I was like, you are just a big old bastard. He says, my use of paid prisoners as research subjects, and, you know, like, I watch a million prison documentaries. When they say paid, they mean, like, I gave them 10 cents yeah, a day. Yeah, they don't make a lot of money. <laughs> you're not making a fair wage. No, like, not even if close. If you a good job in prison, you might make a few dollars a day. Yeah, You're not going to leave. Ri- you're not going to leave. And then the commissary is so ridiculously expensive.
1: Right.
0: That if you just break even when you leave, you're lucky. Right. You're lucky you don't have to like if you don't have to pass out sexual favors to stay in snacks, like <laughs> you're doing okay. Anyway. So he says my use of paid prisoners as research subjects in the fifties and sixties was in keeping with the nation standard protocol for conducting scientific investigations at that time. To the best of my knowledge, the mm-hmm. result of those experiments advanced the knowledge of pathogenesis, skin disease, and no long-term Harm was done to any person who voluntarily participated in the research program. Now, you know, he was totally deceptive in his practices. Mm -hmm. He wasn't going to be like, so I'm going to put this cream on and like, sorry about that. Really, really like that rash. It's going to be like some painful ass boils. And then I'm going to biopsy some stuff. My bad. Right. Um. I mean, they...
1: I... Yeah, I wonder how
0: how voluntary this was. You Probably know? not very voluntary. Well, and if you consider that like truly, so this particular prison was eighty-five percent black, very few were high school graduates. So the chances that they the people who were there were able to read at a level that they could really understand. Any document yeah. put in front of them is slim.
1: Maybe they were like, "Hey, you could make an extra buck if you just put this cream on I your just arm. Put this cream;
0: it's for zits. It's fine. It's, you're gonna be fine." Hmm. Yeah,
1: and you know they probably don't have a lot of choice anyway.
0: No, I mean they're just like trying to get some snacks, right? Because sometimes the prisons, depending on which state you're in, it varies, but they might only have like. 80 cents a day to feed a prisoner. Yeah. Three meals. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to get? You're going to get like potato and some white bread. I mean, the, I don't know what, you know, uh, depending on the state, they don't give a shit if you have special dietary needs. Right. They're basically making diabetics in prison. hmm And then all the commissary stuff is crazy expensive. I will, you know what? that is going to be one of my future episodes because i think the exploitation of prisoners just via the commissary alone is creepy as hell those that is a corporate yeah i would corporate i would love to talk about that stuff because that's that's i think a lot of people don't have any idea how much prisoners are exploited in terms of just Just making a phone call, how expensive it is. Yeah, I
1: think that people often brush aside uh, prisoners' rights because, oh, they fucked up. Or, oh, they, you know, like... Oh,
0: like they deserve it.
1: They deserve it because they're, you know, a detriment to society. But, you know, a lot of these people are in the system because they're poor. Because they don't have the privilege that white people do or, you know, higher... Paid people do well and a lot to stay of people- out of the system because you know a, a white person gets in trouble for the same crime as a black person, and the white person has access to better lawyers because they have more money because they're paid more because society pays black people, white people more than black people. That blah, blah, white blah.
0: people and black people use drugs at the same rate, yeah, but they're not incarcerated at the yeah, same yeah, rate. Yeah, 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 exactly. So there's and so much, so much stuff. There's that so many of- so. And there's a lot of people who take plea deals because they don't know what else to do. And they may yep. not even be guilty. Yep. But they're scared if they don't, if it actually goes to trial. Yeah. And because be- of prejudice, they may end up getting three times as much time. And they're like, well, it's better to take three than 15. And because people don't
1: care about prisoners, because they think that they're like, you know, bad people or a detriment to society or whatever, because we don't care about them, they get treated very inhumanely because our prisons are also run by these like private corporations that want to make money off of our
0: prisoners and so oh yeah the whole privatization just- <laughs> of prison is super this creepy. is a
1: huge rabbit hole that maybe we should go into in a future episode but yeah i'm very, I do.
0: very I think passionate about that too i've only watched like i don't know a thousand hours of prison documentaries. And docuseries. I, yeah, I
1: want to recommend to our listeners, if you're interested in the prison, you know, come industrial complex, listen to Ear hustle. Uh, it's a podcast that's produced inside of San Quentin, uh, a prison in California. It's like a, I think it's a minimum security prison. Um, it's, it's really good. It's produced by an, an inmate and then a person that it comes in from outside that helps with the podcast. Um, And it's really good. It's a really good um, insight into prison life and what prisoners have to deal with. And honestly, I don't think it goes into the nitty gritty
0: enough. Well, they have such limited time to work on the podcast. I mean, when we do this, we have oodles of time to do it. We can take as long as we want, really. They don't have that luxury. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but let's not delve too deep. Anyway, okay, yeah, let's get back to your... I do want to, um, I do think I want to dedicate an episode to talking about some of the creepy shit that goes on in prisons. Yeah, sure. Because it's not creepy like paranormal creepy, but there's some creepy stuff that happens in there for sure. Yeah, it's related to, like, true crime and stuff. Let's talk about another university that did some really screwed up stuff. Sure. Um do want to say that before i start talking about this that when i read some of the titles of the articles and things that they use some pretty outdated language mm-hmm. as descriptors okay and that this is not the standard that we would use today by sure. any means and i find it offensive okay okay so for instance They refer to the children as being retarded instead of developmentally disabled. Mm -hmm. So not my words. Yeah, not a great word. Right. So um, between 1944 and 1956, there were radioactive nutrition experiments on children by Harvard and MIT. And these children were all developmentally disabled.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Harvard and MIT. Harvard and MIT. These are
1: very prestigious. Ivy schools. Ivy League schools.
0: I mean, I guess, I don't know. Do we call it MIT Ivy? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's. I would. I don't yeah. Know if it's I, by definition. It's about as. It's definitely top 10. Yeah. I would not get into MIT. Right. That's all I know. <laughs> I can barely math. I'm definitely not getting in there. So there was um, in 1993, a journalist from the Boston Globe named Scott Allen uncovered some documents that showed that for many years there were these ethically dubious experiments conducted on fernald center youth which is it was a state school mm-hmm. and so these boys were listed in the records as morons oh, uh,
1: is I, that a l-
0: that legal was a, term at one time I think that that was a word that people used to indicate someone's IQ, right? Like people used to say things like mongoloid. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know better now. We yeah. don't say things like that anymore, and I'm really glad that we don't. Right. Um. He published an article called "Radiation Used on Retarded," even in 1993. I think we still Dang. hadn't made progress yeah. with the R word yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, what these experiments were? So, there was the state school in Waltham, Massachusetts, and what they did was they fed the children Quaker Oats breakfast cereal containing radioactive tracers. Holy shit! Yeah, breakfast cereal to test absorption of plant minerals and calcium. The parents were never informed that the children were involved in the test.
1: Plant. So they so they so they fed them radioactive tracers to study
0: minerals and calcium. They wanted to see they, yeah, they wanted to see what the absorption rates were and the only way that they could, Test it was to use these radioactive yeah, tracers. To also put in this radioactivity like Right. So that's like those radioactive isotopes we were talking about yeah, before. I mean, okay. I'm not a scientist, but it's something that basically you need something to chase it around so yeah. that you can see it. Yeah. Uh. But they did it without parental consent. Right. Which I don't understand how anybody like how does that meeting happen? You're like, hey Rissa, we're both scientists, so mm-hmm. I have this idea. Sure. I was thinking, I really want to know more about the absorption of mineral and calcium. Yeah, okay, me too. I get this deal with Quaker Oats. Okay, yeah, Quaker Oats okay, cool. is good, yeah. There's these kids, I mean, they're not real smart, they're probably not going to know. Oh, yeah. We don't have to tell their parents. No, 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 no. Let's just do It'll it. It'll be fine. It'll be fine, we'll just do it. <laughs> so, it was members of a science club. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like a joint effort between Harvard and <laughs> MIT and a science club. Hey, you want to be in the science club? Just eat
1: these Quaker oats. You'll be fine.
0: And then they had them digest iron supplements and then gave them the equivalent of, like, 50 chest x-rays.
1: <laughs> that's That seems like a lot, right? Like the, the-
0: <laughs> um, That seems perhaps dangerous. That's, like, yeah, I know that's going to
1: give you a lot of radiation.
0: I have, like... These nodule things that I have to go get checked every few years that are on my lung, probably from like pneumonia or bronchitis when I was younger. But they just want to take a look-see every few years and make sure there's no problem. Mm -hmm. And my doctor is very cautious about, I don't want to put a rush. Like, I want to make sure that the full time has elapsed. Because I don't want to expose you to radiation more than you need to be your yeah. a reasonably healthy young adult. There's no reason to um, generate more exposure than is necessary to monitor this. Yeah. So 50 freaking times. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I live... So, say I have this done every three or four years until I'm dead. That's still nowhere near 50. Yeah. I just... Like on a little kid, yeah. And these poor kids, because they are developmentally disabled, they don't know that this is wrong. They don't know to tell somebody. They, yeah, they don't know to tell their parents. Like, how gross and exploitive is that? Like, really, really gross. I hope these people got boils in all the uncomfortable places. Mm-hmm. I just like, ugh. God, how do you even live with yourself doing yeah. something? I don't get it. Yep. I don't get it. There must have been some pretty gnarly group thing going on mm-hmm. to get that to um to get that one to fly. Yeah. So, um later, somebody from MIT, a biochemist, was like, "Uh there in 1945, there's no ground for caution regarding the quantities of radioactive substances which we could use in our experiments." Wait, what? He just basically says, like, it's fine. We <laughs> okay. can just Sure. Yeah, we I mean we sent some consent forms home, but we didn't say anything about like radiation. So at some point they're like, I mean, I guess maybe we should send some kind of consent form to the parents, but like we're not gonna say like radiation.
1: Yeah, that's that'll more just scare them. <laughs>
0: that's more information <laughs> than they need uh-huh that's bonkers yeah so it took till 1993 that's so this is so a, recent what did i say originally 44 to 56 mm-hmm. and it took till 1993 for it to be uncovered oh my god And there are actually some survivors oh really Mm-hmm. there's still some they folks. have brain cancer and shit i don't know i was so depressed by the time i started re- i was like this is just so i couldn't bring myself to read in too deep i'm yeah. sure that i could find more information i don't think that this is like the most well-known experiment of all the experiments unless i don't know maybe you're really into radiation or something but <laughs> um it's pretty it's pretty messed up and yeah it, it was funded partly by quaker oats which makes me never want to eat Whoa. Quaker Oats ever again that's really fucked up I mean, so... Also, the U.S. Atomic Energy Commission. And I just think, how did these two people decide to be partners? Yeah.
1: I mean, obviously, Quaker Oats is trying to make a buck, right? But that's, like, really disturbing because I'm descended from Quakers, and Quakers were um, mostly
0: peaceful, Um, like, nice. I have friends who are Quakers now. Right. And and they're and they're nice total people. hippies, yeah. I actually, my one friend who's a Quaker, every once in a while, she'll say something real ornery. and I'll be like, "That's not very Quaker," and she'll be like, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> "Like she comes up with these little petty revenge schemes that yeah. really kind of crack me up," and I'll be like, "That doesn't sound very peace and." and love to me at all i'm yeah. not gonna out her with her name but I she mean, does have some really brilliant petty revenge schemes obviously i'm not a quaker now but i know that the like, i have respect for
1: the for f- their yeah point of the, view. like yeah the the f- basis for their religion is being nice and being like conscientious objectors to war and stuff like that like they, they seem like really decent people and not people that would be involved in no, government experiments uh, or not. I, I guess this wouldn't be qualify as a government experiment, but.
0: Well, I would say so, because the U.S. Atomic Energy Commission was. Involved. Oh, yeah. yeah, Okay. Uh, that's pretty government. Yeah, that that
1: is very government. Mm
0: hmm. That gum go- government. Mm hmm. Well, and like my friends who are Quakers now, they run a homeless shelter in the winter. Mm hmm. A couple times a week, they open up their doors to people who are unhoused. And then they also are looking into being a safe space for people who are undocumented. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's kind of how they roll.
1: So I don't really... Quaker Oats must be, like, very far removed from the original Quaker uh, idea.
0: Idealism. I would certainly think so. (laughs) I I think somebody lost their way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a commercial big
1: company. I mean... Why, why would we think that they were connected to legitimate Quakers, you know?
0: Interesting. Scott Allen is a woman. I didn't know. I didn't catch oh, the, the first time. Oh,
1: the journalist? Uh-huh.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. This makes more sense. Gina Colada is a woman. I get confused for a second. I glanced <laughs> at my notes and I was like, I don't think I've ever known a woman named Scott. But hey, you do you. Um, Who's Gina? So Gina Colada is a, which sounds like pina colada like Mm a delicious drink yeah gina colada Um, she was with the new york times Mm -hmm. um and she wrote an article called in debate on radiation tests rush to judgment is resisted so that kind of sounds like she might be defending them a little i don't know if we'd be friends Rush to judgment is resisted. Yeah, she, it says her article is decidedly more sympathetic towards the researchers who conducted the radiation experiments, as well as to the infamous Willowbrook experiments, which she credits with the development of the controversial hepatitis B vaccine. Hmm. Uh, I don't feel like we're going to be pals, me and her.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I I think it's a really interesting ethical debate about
0: testing on I mean, okay. I think there's got to be some other way to do it. It's hard to talk about end of this article. One thing that I think that they say that is really poignant is that scientists who defend radiation and other ethically dubious human experiments on persons who are incapable of refusing do so from an elitist position of superiority. Yeah. They're not going to volunteer their kids or themselves. Right. They continue to harbor, harbor the eugenic ideology which regards human beings not of their class as a means to an end. Well, and the that bottom line is using they're, prisoners, they're using children prisoners. with development, developmental disabilities. Yes. They're not. And same thing with the one, the next one that I'm going to talk about. They're picking on people who are removed from choice in some way. Yeah. And that's
1: also my argument not to, um, Equate prisoners and people with developmental disabilities with animals, but like that's also my debate with like animal testing is like you know people just casually test on animals <laughs> companies casually test on animals, and it's like all totally thoughtful. fine with everybody, but the they they the, they can't consent to that and i I don't it should think be that thoughtfully that's, done it should be thoughtfully done i you know like I think that. Um, I try to stay, I, I use a lot of makeup and a lot of skincare and stuff. And I try to stay away from stuff that is tested on animals because I don't think that, you know, our, our beauty standards should rely on testing on these beings that are unable to speak for themselves and to, you know, say no to, to testing. Um, and, you know, like I, there's a larger argument for, you know, Stuff like drugs and, um, I don't know, wh- whatever, uh, scientific advancements can be made with testing on animals. That's, that's a, that's a larger argument that I'm not really willing to take a stance on because I don't really know a whole lot of facts, but I know for a fact that I don't want to, um, use a highlighter to make me look bomb that has been used on a rabbit to make them, you know, tear up or whatever you know like
0: you know what i mean i think that there are some things that somebody's got to get tested and if it's between a human and an animal i would prefer the animal if i have my choice no one will have to endure it
1: yeah i mean you know but i think that makeup is like pretty
0: trivial and it's not uh, we can there are a lot of things that we can live without and
1: they could also you know get voluntary well you know like reasonably well human beings to be tested for this stuff like well that's pay, true you could pay human being i know it's n- not as cheap as just taking some rats no. and putting them in a whatever but you know i think you that could get
0: people who conscientiously or consciously consent yeah to being tested versus something that doesn't have an ability to do so that's a choice yeah but you're right, it would make things a lot more expensive, that's for sure. I don't know that I would personally yeah. want to volunteer for any of it. But so, that leads me to another gross exploitation. Woohoo, let's do it. This one, what's up with the scientist, man? <laughs> Army scientist, mm. right here in the good old loot. So, Prudigo was a large housing, pro- part of a large housing project here in St. Louis. So... It was um, government-subsidized housing for low-income people. Mm -hmm. And it was monster big. Really, really big. And there were some really strange things. I watched something about it fairly recently. There was really weird things that they used for cost savings in the buildings. Like, the elevators didn't stop on every floor. They stopped on, like, every third floor or something. (laughs) I mean, just, I don't know. There was some weirdness. But the, the architect was Japanese... They had a very, um, sort of modern look to them. Mm-hmm. And they were supposed to be like these awesome communities, except that's not what really happened. You took a lot of people who were very poor and crammed them all together mm-hmm. in a really small geographic space, and that turned out not great. Yeah. You know? Um, anyway, so a St. Louis community college professor ended up blowing the lid off of this one, which is kind of unexpected. I, th- I feel like St. Louis, I feel like community college professors don't necessarily get the respect that they deserve. They get thought of as being second rate somehow. Yeah. And that is not necessarily the case. No, I can't speak for anywhere else, but here in St. Louis, we have an excellent community college system. Yeah. And often, um, our community college instructors, the adjunct instructors will teach classes at many local universities as well as the community college. So you could be taking the same class and paying five times as much for it Hmm. somewhere else. Yeah. Right. Anyway. But so her name is Lisa Martino Taylor and she's a sociologist and she spent years tracking down all these declassified documents Which discussed the experimentation on people who were unaware that they had been exposed to cadmium sulfide, which was a chemical that was sprayed on the people. And she's got pictures of people on the roofs of the different roofs, roofs of the different housing projects Mm -hmm. where they're being instructed with how to release this chemical agent. So the military wanted to have these secret experiments because they were trying, there was something about St. Louis being kind of similar to some city in Russia. And then there was something about North Korea and they thought that they were kind of similar and like, Hey, maybe if it works here, it will work there. Mm. So it was kind of the idea behind it. Right. Um, And supposedly it was supposed to be harmless zinc cation. Cadmium sulfide particles Mm -hmm. um, with a radioactive additive added to the compound. But again, nobody asked them if they wanted to be like, hey, I don't know. Hey, Rissa, I was thinking about going on top of this building later that sure. you live in. Yeah. And I'm going to spray this stuff. There's, like, some radioactive stuff in it and some other chemicals that, oh. like, you probably don't even know what they are. I'm not oh. going to bother telling you. Okay, like, no problem. I mean, you're you're poor, yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah, whatever. Poor. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so I'm going to go up there and, like, spray some shit. Is that cool?
1: Yeah, I mean, is it going to, like, give me
0: cancer later? I don't really know. Okay, yeah, that's fine. I'm okay. sure that's fine. So she found... um they use these aerosol dispensers, dispersers, rather, on the top of, um, let's see, there's a picture of one on top of the Manhattan-Rochester Coalition. There was... Um,
1: so, what if one of these residents came up and, like, they were like, oh, I'm gonna go up on the roof and smoke a cigarette or something, like... <laughs> what I if- don't... I'm really surprised that there's photographs. Right. Like this doesn't seem super secretive if they're just like
0: chilling on top of these roofs, like do it was done for a pretty long time too. So she found photographs that ranged from, so that spanned from 1953 to 1954, then again from 63 to 65. And it didn't happen just here in St. Louis. It also happened in Corpus Christi. Where they would drop it from airplanes over It's wa- in Texas, right? Correct. Like really deep south. Yeah. Like, like almost, almost in on the into border. the ocean, yeah. right? Okay. Um, they would drop it from airplanes over the city. They'd be like, I'm just going to fly this airplane. I'm just going to throw some shit out in the sky and see how it goes. Mm hmm. Uh, the people in St. Louis were told nothing. Politicians weren't notified. Nobody told anything. Oh, the people of St. Louis were told that the army was testing smoke screens to protect cities from a Russian attack. Uh, That's okay, what they were told. Okay. So
1: nothing to see here. We're just testing smoke
0: screens. We're whatever actually that means. we're actually <laughs> protecting you. Right. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Uh huh. Assholes. And there was later. um, I found I didn't. I didn't pull it up today, but there was more recently a lawsuit. Somebody who got sick filed a lawsuit and won because all this stuff got declassified at some point. Yeah, good for them. Well, yeah, who later did win a lawsuit as a result because of whatever illness they had. Yeah. Um, but. I definitely will link to this article because some of the pictures are kind of like, Whoa. Yeah. I mean, they did it over schools. They did it over housing projects, all kinds of stuff. And then just this like guise of like, Oh, well, we're just testing things to protect you. (laughs) Or we're just not telling you anything at all. Mm. We're just going to act like everything's cool. Yeah. And it was pretty recently that, This happened. Let's see. So, Pruitt Igo, the greatest concentration was at Pruitt Igo, and there were more than 10,000 low income residents at Pruitt Igo.
1: 10,000. 10,000.
0: 70% of which were children under the age of 12. Oh my God. 70%. 70% were under the age of 12 who were exposed to radium. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Real, real messed up, yeah, so the Army has admitted to at some point they started adding a fluorescent compound, and they did admit to it, but they were like, it's totally harmless, it was fine, <laughs> and that portion of it is still classified, huh, mhm, interesting, yeah, interesting, it's I mean it's fine, but you can't read it, right. <laughs> Like no, you can't see it. <laughs> it's totally Fluorescent. fine. Fluorescent. Like so Yeah, they talk about something else here. So where where was it? Um compounds that were sprayed on the public were manufactured by US radium. Radium two twenty six was the same one that killed and sickened many of the US radium workers. Okay. Okay, so that's probably not gonna be probably not great. good. <laughs> Oh, my
1: God. hmm Our U.S. Army did this to 10,000
0: people. Most of whom were children under the age of 12. 70% of whom were children under the age oh of 12. God. And so you think, like, Pruta Igo wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. I know people who grew up in the pruitt housing projects mm. who are still alive and are like in their probably early 60s. They're not. Are they still in operation? The pruitt Oh, no. They were raised a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. No. But I know. Yeah. People probably in their early 60s. So they were kids. They probably were exposed. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'll have to ask. Um, I have a friend at work who either she grew up there or she had relatives who grew up in the housing project i'll have to ask her um if she remembers any of that yeah but um i've known several people over the years who who grew up there and said it was fucking horrible yeah it was as terrible as you expected it well i mean
1: on top of it being low-income housing provided by the state like (laughs)
0: <laughs> now you can't Where the experience. elevators only stopped every three floors. Yeah, like... It's- There's actually supposed to be a really, really good documentary that I haven't had an opportunity to watch it about the Prudigo housing complex. Yeah. So um, that's on my to-do list to watch that. Sure. We'll put it on the show notes. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, so Corpus Christi and St. Louis. Those those were the the two the two ones that she named the most. And she, her final comment in this article is it was pretty shocking. The level of duplicity and secrecy. Clearly they went to great lengths to deceive people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Way to go military. Yeah. Good job. Real nice. Thanks. So I found another article written by um, the woman I was talking about before. I want to make sure I say her name, right? I think it, I think this is the same person. Yes, Martino Taylor. So when she did her whole dissertation on what happened in St. Louis, and then this particular article that, uh, came from the Chicago Tribune, she also mentions Chicago and Nashville, um, California, so it's really widespread. It wasn't, I mean, St. Louis took a pretty hard hit. Mm-hmm. They were the subject of a considerable amount of testing, but it did happen in other places as well. She said the tests in Nashville in the late 1940s involved giving 820 poor and pregnant white women a mixture during their first prenatal visit that included radioactive iron. Oh my God. The women were chosen without their knowledge. Blood tests were performed formed to determine how much radioactive iron had been absorbed by the mother and the baby's blood was tested at birth. Similar tests were performed in Chicago and San Francisco. Oh my God. 820? That's a lot of people. Yeah. And so she's still, she got some information using the Freedom of Information Act when she was use, working on her dissertation. Right. And then other things that were like public records and published articles. Um, she found a small group of researchers. Uh, she had some people working at various academic institutions. She did publish a book about this. I can't find the title for the book, but she did publish a book about the the story There were also um, parts of England and Canada that had similar open air spraying, like there was in Corpus Christi. Uh And there was some in St. Louis as well. And in this article, they interview a woman who actually, who's 73 at the time this article was written. And I don't think this article is very old. It's only a few years old, if I remember right. It was from... 2017, so not that old at all. Last year, yeah. So, yeah, so 73. Her name was Mary Helen Brindle. She said she was playing baseball in a St. Louis street in the mid-50s when a squadron of green planes flew so low overhead that she could see the face of the lead pilot. Wow. Suddenly, the children were covered in a fine powdery substance that stuck to skin moistened by summer sweat. Oh, my God. Brindle has suffered from breast, thyroid, skin and uterine cancers. Holy shit. Her sister died of a rare form of esophageal cancer. Yeah. Oh no. And she says, I just want an explanation from the government. Yeah. Why would you do that to people? Yes.
1: Oh my God. Mm-hmm. That's and awful.
0: Yeah, totally crazy. And they there is um they do have William Lacey Clay Some House Democrats, Brad Sherman of California, Lacey Clay's Missouri, William Lacey Clay, Brad Sherman of California, and Jim Cooper of Tennessee, who represent the areas where testing occurred, who are trying to assist her in, you know, moving forward and getting more information about what happened. Yeah. But so this, um, it happened all the way through. From the 40s, the mid-40s to the mid-60s. my God. And it wasn't until 2012 that it was, there was enough information gathered to trigger an army investigation. But then the investigation was like, meh, it was fine. (laughs) It was fine. Just think about, like, so, you know, it took
1: decades for these things to be uncovered. Just think about all
0: the shit that's been happening. Well, think about so you've got, <sighs> excuse me, seventy. Let's see, about seven thousand kids mm-hmm. who grew up just in the pruitt Igo housing project. There were other housing projects there as well, right? But seven thousand kids, all the different kinds of—I mean, just her, just that one woman alone had well, like Four. five or six different yeah. kinds of cancer. Her yeah. sister had some kind of rare cancer out of those 7000 kids who's doing the longitudinal study to find out about cancers that aren't familial yeah or directly environmental you know i mean you hit some shitty lottery yeah, if you've um, got five different kinds of cancer
1: was was there any sort of like did you find any like information about Was there anything conclusive about any of these experiments they were trying? Like, what were they trying? First of all, what were they trying to figure out? And secondly, did they figure out anything other than um, you get super bad cancer when you get blasted with radiation particles and fluorescent whatever
0: fucking shit? I think that those answers aren't totally clear because (laughs) most of that stuff is still classified. Yeah. I mean, there's... speculation about maybe why they did it but nothing that's a hundred percent clear because it's not all yeah they're not open secret not that
1: that would make any difference no not really
0: the ethical i mean i think it's like other times where the government has sprayed crap on people or injected them with drugs and other various things they're like well i just want to see what would happen in case we need to use it on our enemies it's all about war Yeah, we're going to we're going to check it out and see how it goes. And if it's not, if it's, you know, we'll do like a light version on our people. And if it's damaging in some way, then we'll just like triple it for our enemies. It's really terrifying to think that you and I could just be hanging out in the backyard, having a visit and some fucking plane flies by and some sticky shit falls out of it. And then fast forward 20 years later, and I don't know, our parts are all cancered up. And
1: not to mention, like, they're using this for war. So they're potentially using this on people in other countries that could be civilians. And even if they aren't
0: civilians... Um, Agent Orange, you
1: mean? Yeah, exactly. None of them deserve to be littered with this chemical warfare and bullshit like
0: like our own soldiers (sighs) were harmed by those things yeah i mean if you're gonna play that game where you're like well you're not a human if you're not on my side so i get to Mm -hmm. just do whatever disgusting thing i want to do to you yeah i'm gonna say i'm not gonna follow the rules of engagement civilians be damned you're not on my team But you still end up fucking up your own people in the process. I went to school with a kid whose dad was exposed to Agent Orange. And as a result, he had no hair on his entire body. And I don't know what other health complications he had. I mean, that's a pretty minor thing in the big scheme of things, considering his dad was exposed to a chemical agent. But I don't know what other complications may have, it- a, uh, have happened for him in his lifetime or yeah. what happened. You know, I wasn't good enough friends with him to know, you know, what kind of health problems did your dad have? Yeah. But I know he's not the only soldier who was exposed to it. And that was his job. Those aren't <sighs> things you can opt out of. If yeah. you're in the military and they're like, you need to go do this. You can't be like, eh, I'm not feeling that. Yep. not doing it. Yeah. be like, uh, um, yeah, that's an order. All of
1: that makes me incredibly angry.
0: <laughs> it I makes mean, me super the, angry the fact that 7,000 children.
1: Yeah, that's really fucked up and that our our government was like fine with it. It's our government. Our government is supposed to be protecting us and uh you know giving us the best, you know, looking out for us and the, or doctors who just, take an
0: oath at the Hippocratic yes, oath to heal. Yes. And they're like, I don't know, I'm gonna, I mean, these kids aren't that smart, let's just give them some, let's just, you know, load them up with some radioactive isotopes. You were
1: (sighs) totally right to give, like, a paranoia warning on this, because now I'm like, well, I don't trust anybody, fuck
0: Fuck everything. Well, I know that's the creepy part, I mean, it really, I'm gonna have to think about, I'm gonna have to watch some kitten videos, I think. (laughs) I think that's gonna be really important, I suggest everyone else do the same. Yeah. Um. And if kittens aren't your thing, whatever sort of babies, maybe adorable birds, something. Um, the best new thing on the internet is: uh, Have you seen the "What the Fluff"
1: challenge? Uh, no. So you might have seen it, but you, I don't know. So it's you uh, stand in a doorway, or
0: oh yes, I've yeah, seen that, and you and
1: and you mm. hold up the blanket, and to your you. Know, Your dog is on the other side of the blanket. Mm -hmm. You hold the blanket between you and your dog. You cover yourself up, show your dog that you're behind the blanket, cover yourself up again, show your dog you're behind the blanket. And then you throw the blanket up and then dart away in such a way that you look like you've disappeared behind the blanket. And uh, there's so many videos of dogs or cats or parrots or, you know, a lot of different animals. All the cute animals. Being like, holy shit. Where did my owner go? You know, and it's adorable. And I, it's so funny that it's
0: called what the fluff challenge. All I can think right now is that Evie left her favorite toy out in the backyard and she's probably losing her mind.
1: (gasps) Oh my gosh. She left her baby in the backyard.
0: Oh, so my, my I have a Chihuahua Pekingese mix. That's kind of crazy, but she loves mommy. So who cares? Um, my daughter got her a toy from the dollar store, and I do not understand her obsession with this toy <laughs> at all. It's not that cute. I mean, it's cute enough, I guess. Yeah, it's cute. But it's basically like a small tennis ball with a tail. Yeah. And it's light blue. hmm She loves that toy. Like, sometimes I have to take it away because she gets too growly. She'll get in her little apartment, and anybody who walks by, she starts growling at them like they want it. Nobody wants it. Well, Wolfie wants it a little bit, mm-hmm. but he'll let her take it away from him. <laughs> but yeah, she was prancing around the backyard with her little baby and then she left it out there. I was like, seriously? So I gave her her, her brown baby instead when I put her in her apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, But I have a feeling that's just not going to, that's not going to pass muster. She's going to, as soon as I go home, she's going to need to go get the blue baby or there's going to be hell to pay. Right. I put the blue baby up for a couple days cause she was being a little too crabby. Yep. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend watching a lot of kitten videos. Um, seriously, I think we need to do some looking into the whole quake Is there a relationship between actual Qua- Quakers and Quaker oats?
1: Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. I because
0: I, might I love oatmeal, but I might, Change my feelings about where I purchased my oatmeal after that. Those shenanigans. Yeah. And I'm just really mad at not all scientists, but some of them. That's not cool, man. Mm-hmm. I would like to acknowledge that I think in terms of first-person language and being respectful about people with disabilities, come a long way in a short period of time. I didn't yeah. realize that it's, I mean, the 90s? We were still saying that crap? I guess yeah. we were. Oof.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I so I still offensive hear to
0: my ear. Now. I still
1: hear people say that, and honestly, I've been guilty of saying it in the past. I don't know, a couple years or so, just out of pure ignorance or habit. Yeah, just out of habit. Really, Pardon like, me. A, yeah, I think that was like a in my youth, it was a commonly used term. It was. I as, have a friend. as was like calling
0: something gay because oh, it was yes. bad. That's gay, <laughs> which to me is—I always thought that one it's was so silly. silly. It doesn't even make any yeah, sense. Yeah, I'm like, really? That's homosexual? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that one to me was never—I mean, I found it offensive, but not as bad as the R word. I have two different friends who have children with. Well, one of her, one of my friends, her child passed away, and the other one, her child is alive and well, but they both you know, had children with developmental disabilities mm-hmm. and they talked to me about how hurtful it was when people said that. And it totally changed my perspective. I was like, I can pick a different word. Yeah. When you right, yeah, look yeah, at yeah. someone that you care about. Yeah. And you know that something as small as a changing the word that you use. Yeah. And just being more concise with your language. because people typically really just mean foolish yeah right that's what they usually mean yeah um that just making that small thing can lighten their load like and make their and not ruin their day yeah i don't know that's not too much to ask and
1: yeah it's not any skin off your back like no i think that's the same argument as like when uh when people feel um Feel negatively about um, someone who is a trans person asking them to call them a different pronoun.
0: Like and they're why like, are
1: you put on like, who cares? like it's I, I. don't know how to use they, you know. But like, if you really, if you really try, and you really. Like I sort of had that feeling at first when I first heard of this like ooh that's a really hard thing to do it's not that hard to do No honestly it's really not. when you when you, you start how to, to, use to
0: pronouns initially in life yeah, right? when you
1: when you start to really examine your vocabulary and you start thinking about it and you start consciously using they it's not that hard like no. now i use they kind of like absentmindedly almost um and you know and and that's not to say that i don't slip up and call my you know non-binary friends by the wrong pronouns that doesn't mean that i'm 100 percent perfect in that area but it's no. like it's not a, it's not a, a hard thing to do to just try i mean and, and that's all you can do is to like try and be and do your best
0: and i think that people expect that it's not going to be perfect
1: yeah i would hope so i mean you know
0: i think most people are fairly forgiving on that front if they know that the effort isn't is sincere at least that's been my experience but the whole like well i'm just i'm too put out to do that i'm like you know what you don't have to suck (laughs) (laughs) you kind of suck because you know what's hard is having to live that experience yeah yeah, like i'm just asking you someone's asking you to change a word like a literal word right not to change your whole life not to have to endure abuse and ridicule and criticism and alienation like nobody's asking you to do all that just pick a different fucking word yep not that hard yep you can do it i believe in I believe in you. You can be a better. You can be a better person than that. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my pronoun rant for the day. And if you I screw it that. up, all you have to do is be like, "I'm really sorry." Yep. I'm sorry. I'm a stupid cis white privileged person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Sometimes I suck as a human, and I'm going to try and do better next time. Yep. So look, I'm the- going to put. I'm putting all my notes back in my interoffice envelope. <laughs>
1: I know it's very official. Well, Ooh, and you even like. I had it.
0: kind of a large stack of paper, and it was the most. It was the envelope closest to me at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, this one's this one's been around the block. Yeah, it has a lot of scratch, scratch mm-hmm, a lot of scratchy scratches. It's been to the library.
1: So on the. um on the couple episodes ago, we talked about how we should maybe have like a question, a fun question at the end to like <laughs> yeah, something sort of lighten the lighten, mood lighten the,
0: before we the end. Load.
1: Yeah. So I looked up some icebreaker um, questions.
0: Oh, nice.
1: And I like this one. So if you go to karaoke, what song do you pick?
0: Oh, well, so I have only officially done karaoke one time. I was, a karaoke judge once. Ooh. Yeah. So I was the arts and crafts editor. It was an online magazine for women. That sounds amazing. It was pretty amazing. It was really fun. Um, and so several of the editors were asked to be judges for mm-hmm. a karaoke contest. So I got to do that. And I think that I probably prefer that to participating in karaoke. Sure. I'm not going to, I felt like I was on American Idol. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I was not Simon Cowell. <laughs> i was very complimentary yeah, to good, everyone good, good, because good. i figure you were the it paula takes some Abdul. major balls to get up in front of was it paula Abdul?
1: i don't know who cares i don't
0: i don't want to be her we'll look it up she was always wasted remember she was like you
1: no she was on the
0: pills i never watched american idol so anyway i have no idea it made me feel like a celebrity, yeah. It was just fun. It, it was really yeah, fun, yeah. But the one time I did do it, I think it was my friend Allison's birthday party, and I did Nancy Sinatra. These boots are made for walking. Yes,
1: that's a really good one. I thought it was good, and yeah. it doesn't
0: require um, amazing vocal skill, right? Which is pretty important since I don't have amazing vocal skill.
1: Yeah, yeah. Nancy Sinatra songs are pretty like middle of the road as far as like, I learned vocal that from range. the drag
0: queens. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: when i was a, uh, they don't normally like sing sing though they like lip sync a lot well back in the day oh back when in i was the a day te- back in the day when i was a teenager <laughs> and i wanted to go to the bars um my two best friends scott and tony shut out mm-hmm. uh we would go to magnolia's where they had the drag show right and there was a drag queen who was not like she wasn't the like Barbie pretty drag queen. She was more of a kind of like a funny comedian. Yeah. Kind yeah, of drag yeah, queen. yeah, yeah. And she, uh, I, there was real singing.
1: Yeah. I mean, if I were, I,
0: I've,
1: she was that's very kind of, campy. It's kind of one of my dreams in life is to be a drag queen. And I, and if I were one, I would definitely want to sing for reals. Well, I
0: think you'd have to be a drag king. Yeah, well, well, well there's there's a what? movement. You could be a drag queen.
1: There's a movement of actual like cis women being drag queens. There's there that that's a thing. It's not like a super common thing and it's maybe not a super accepted thing, but it's a thing. I've read an article. Interesting.
0: You. Read, i read an article i read an article about a, a i'm gonna have to c- think about how i feel female drag queen how i feel about women of privilege honing in on the drag scene
1: yeah i mean there there's probably there's definitely conflicts with that but it's also like i don't know i really
0: want to be a drag queen huh? i know but you also have an makeup. awful lot of privilege already i know you can't have everything.
1: I would also be a drag king. Like I don't have, I don't really have a problem with that. I, when I was in college, I went to see a drag show and I didn't even know drag kings
0: existed. And there oh, was I loved, this, my favorite trivia night is run by a drag king.
1: Yeah. And I, I, there was a drag king and there, you know, there was like a local drag show for, it was on campus for the like gay straight Alliance or whatever it was. And, uh, the There was a drag king, and I was just, my mind was blown. I was like, th- they did um, Bon Jovi, and they, nice. <laughs> they fucking killed it, and I was in love. My eyes were hearts. Like, I was just like, like a power puff girl. This is amazing. I want to do this really badly.
0: Sometimes, I'm going to tell you a secret. Sometimes, when I like super hate somebody, mm-hmm. and I don't like the way that that makes me feel. Feel. I feel like it hurts me way more than it hurts them in my mind I will try and imagine powerpuff girl hearts and like shoot them with the hearts <laughs> instead of
1: daggers or like the care bear stare
0: yeah like kind of in hopes that it will somehow soften the coldness that I feel right I don't know if it really works but it's at least entertaining enough to keep distract me from actively raging yeah. I understand. It that. keeps me. It prevents me from doing any murder. So that's good. Yeah. Okay. So what's your karaoke song? I'm glad you asked. So <laughs> you're like, I'm um... so glad you asked because <laughs> I've been waiting this whole time. <laughs> I
1: picked that question because I knew my answer. Um, I tend to go. My favorite one is um, "Fuck You" by CeeLo Green.
0: Do you know uh, that one? Uh, no, not a big CeeLo Green fan. Yeah, he's not
1: like a super great dude. But the song is fucking good. I was kind of... I see was you hoping- driving around town with the girl I love, and I'm like... He said, it's Forget You on the radio,
0: but it's Fuck You. And- I kind of wanted you to say, like, Celine Dion. Actually, would have to be, a, like, something... funny. So you could do this really over-the-top, super dramatic performance. It's
1: very funny that you should say that, because the last karaoke um, I did, we did... Um, my friend and I did... Um, it's All Coming Back to Me by Celine Dion, which turns out is a great karaoke song. It is such a good song.
0: Do you you know what I'm talking about, right? No, I have no idea. I oh know. Oh my not the- god. Okay, so the other song. day I was sitting on the couch and all of a sudden I was like, is that Celine Dion on the TV? And then I look at Heath and I'm like, he seems to be enjoying it. Why is he watching Celine Dion? I was totally judging him. But there was some sort of Like, superhero involved. I'm gonna, I I don't
1: know what you mean, but I'm gonna send you a link to, and I'm gonna put this in the show notes because it's just so good. The music video for It's All Coming Back to Me because it is just, it is a treat. It is a visual, auditorial treat. It's a great song, great video, all around
0: amazing. I think Celine Dion could be a drag queen. Sure. I, don't, I bet what? i wonder i mean a, a lot of is, drag queens i'm sure do her songs yeah i was just thinking i wonder who is the most like if you are a drag queen who is the most like idolized or most mimicked i mean i think classically it's judy garland right Mm-hmm. I think maybe not this generation. No, of drag- that's what I mean. Like not this generation Classi- oh, classically. classically. Well, sure. Friend of Dorothy.
1: Yeah. Judy Garland is like a huge drag queen icon
0: in the past. Well, yeah. Cause yeah. she's fucking amazing. Liza right. Minnelli. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I have seen many a Liza Minnelli, um, Judy Garland kind of performances. Mm-hmm. Um, But I would think that now, now it's like Gaga. Yeah, I bet it is because back in the day when I went, there was lots of Madonna. Maybe we shouldn't speak on this since we're like cis white females. (laughs) Well, I'm just wondering. We're just conjecturing what the who who are the the popular people to emulate. That's the one I was looking for. who's the most emulated Mm -hmm. Uh, well okay
1: and so other songs that i like to do a karaoke i like to do karaoke um i've never been judged by a judge i will judge you (laughs) i i think um i think this place that i used to do karaoke called danos it got shut down because they were um serving alcohol to minors but um <laughs> i was gonna say it was sounds my, classy. it was my favorite place to do karaoke because it, it, it was just a lot of fun and well and uh, <laughs> i think part of it was the karaoke dj there i really really liked him because he was so um he was so monotone like he was just so despondent from the whole thing he was just like Okay, that was so and so with this song, and now. I like think he was the most bored with person with in the world. Bucky. Yeah, like he, it was so funny because he was just, because usually karaoke DJs, at least around here, are like,
0: wah,
1: wah, you know, like just like over the top, and they also have to like sing every other song. And oh, they're God, like, no. They're like, they're almost like failed actor types, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But this TJ was like so over it and I just loved it so much. And so, and I think he, he, well, and one time he asked me if he could videotape me doing my signature song, which is Fuck You by CeeLo Green. Um, And he put it on his Facebook page, which <gasps> is pretty cool. Um, I it exists somewhere on the internet. I, I don't think I've watched it because I'm kind of afraid to but um, I can promise you that there are videos of me singing. Anywhere. I might I might try to look it up. And if I find it and if I'm brave enough, I'll post it on the show notes. But um, other songs I like to do, I like to do Prince, I like to do Michael Jackson, I like to do Queen, you know, that's (sighs) like my trifecta. And also, um, I think I'm going to start doing um, Africa by Toto, because that's just like the best song in the whole world.
0: That is an amazing song. That's a really long ass song. I've done long ass songs, girl. People are gonna want you to stop. That is a long, not song. with my degree of entertainment. <laughs> that's true. You could. That's true. I'm very entertaining. Well, I won't argue
1: there at all. I, and I mean, everybody I loves that song, so you know.
0: That's true. That's true. So you get a little like the rain comes everybody down else that,
1: yeah i mean you could be like okay everybody's saying you know and like do a verse with the audience and get them like pumped up like yeah oh, that's like, true yeah, yeah yeah yeah,
0: okay okay i'm i'm feeling it i'm, I'm feeling also it.
1: like looking for a good karaoke place in st louis since my favorite place shut down like more than a year ago what's
0: that place in brentwood across from brentwood promenade oh Something yeah, I'm D's not, or yeah, I'm not. Yeah, double D's or double something D's. like that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah where heard, I
1: did my thing. I I've been there before. It's not in my crowd. Okay, it's not in my enough. crowd.
0: I don't. I'm not. I'm looking for some place in South City. All really. I know is I'm looking at that drum machine and I want to bust out some Sheila E. <laughs> <laughs> I'm my I'm drum, drum machine it. from high school. You be Prince, I'll be Sheila. Okay. Okay. Ready? Sounds great. Okay ready okay ready okay ready
1: okay let's wrap it up on that All note because right. i don't want to thanks everybody for
0: listening for put if you made it this far
1: yes thank thanks you for, for listening putting up with us um tell us about what your karaoke songs are um you can tweet at us at creepy club pod you been
0: part of any government experiments that you yeah aware if of? you've
1: been a part of a government experiment or if you would like to tell us what your favorite karaoke song is you can tweet us at car- <laughs> you can tweet us at creepy club pod or you can email us at creepy podcast at gmail.com where are you <laughs> i don't know i'm here and i and i'm here and i'd like to thank brandon lee chilco for the intro and outro music as well because he's he's done a really great job what up brandon thanks <laughs> and thanks to penny Thanks to Penny for not bothering us during most of our podcasts. She came by she swung by for a visit pre pre recording. Yeah, she's doing great. So you can like us on Facebook by going to Facebook.com slash creepyclubpodcast. podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at
0: creepyclubpodcast. I just posted a picture the other day of the x ray of an x ray of a snake, just saying. Ooh, snake. Mm-hmm. That's I cool. had
1: I don't know, I don't remember if I told you this or not, but I had a beheaded baby snake at the bottom of my steps the other day.
0: Was like pretty, a garter <laughs> snake? Yeah,
1: it was a garter snake for sure.
0: I had three in my yard not that long ago and I just put them in my compost pile. Oh, there's a
1: little baby one that was beheaded right at the bottom of oh, my it steps Oh, probably got outside. run over. Or
0: just like, I like, don't know, it? Some, <laughs> some creature? Indoor-outdoor cat took yeah. care of it. Yeah. Sorry, I, snake. <laughs> I told my friend. Uh, Why didn't you keep it?
1: um i didn't could want to a, touch it it could
0: have been a, what come get me
1: i'm not afraid of snakes okay well i'm not i'm not really afraid of snakes i just don't like dead things well we could put it That's somewhere. Tr- i mean i wanted a I dead know. raccoon i don't know i i didn't want to touch I was a was like dead snake.
0: you wanted me to get a dead raccoon and haul it in my know, car bones back are to different snake. than like a dead snake i don't know i don't uh, know why the but raccoon
1: it, wasn't exactly picked clean all right yeah i know i if it wasn't picked clean that would have been disturbing to get i'm just saying
0: i would have wrapped it in <laughs> the nicest box i could find the day that i found the
1: baby beheaded snake at the bottom of our steps i uh texted I, I was like on my way to leave for work and so when i was at work i texted brandon and told him what i found and he was like why did you do that <laughs>
0: Like, I had, I was like, I bet, oh, it was part of my moon ritual. <laughs> I bet Bud Ice put a hex on you. Yeah. Yeah. He's mad about those signs, you know? I just thought that was so funny. He's mad about our, our political signs. Yeah, whatever. Fuck that
1: guy. So, if you want to read any meeting minutes, you can go to creepyclubpodcast.com. Um, we would love it if you would rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe. I feel like if you join the mailing list, you can say you are a member of Creepy Club. Yeah. Yep, if totally. yep. Totally. Yep. Um, totally. Or or if you rate us five stars, I think you could be a member of Creepy Club. Absolutely. Officially. Um, and we would also love it if you like subscribe to us on whatever podcast app that you use. That would be that awesome.
0: Downloady thing.
1: Yeah, iTunes is great because that helps us uh, get visibility for a lot of other people, other creepy folks that. Um, are part of our tribe. All the weirdos. All the weirdos. We love them. We want them to join our club. I do. I like weirdos. Mm-hmm. So thanks for listening to us, and we hope you join us next time. Meeting adjourned.